Hello everybody, this is the next episode of uh, the explication of Warden by Henry David Thoreau which me and Nishila have undertaken. So we will continue from the previous episode. For anybody who wants to access the print version of Warden, it is on Google at Warden, PDF and the first item in your search results is the edition we are using that is the wordpress edition and we are on page 10 of that edition and we are at the last paragraph on page 10 of the wordpress edition of walden uh, found on google so to continue from where uh, the previous episode off, you may remember that Thoreau said, Thoreau says that uh, the elder and the so-called wiser and older people of his village, his elder contemporaries, could not give him any valuable advice. Um, not give him any valuable advice to the purpose which he wanted to attain. So as an example of this, we will continue from there, the last paragraph on page 10, Thoreau says here, and I quote, one farmer says to me, you cannot live on vegetable food solely for it furnishes nothing to make bones with. So one of the elder contemporaries of Thoreau in the village of Concord advised him uh, not to eat only vegetable food. Of course, vegetable food is consists of things like green leafy vegetables, carrots, potatoes, and uh, tomatoes, and so on. So his elder contemporary advised him not to live only on vegetable food only because vegetables do not have anything to make bones with. Bones of course are made from calcium. So uh, according to his elder contemporary, the <coughs> vegetables do not have any calcium in them. So uh, Thoreau tried to follow this advice and he continues, Thoreau says, and so he religiously devotes a part of his day to supplying his system with the raw material of bones. So the elder contemporary, that is a farmer who advised Thoreau, what does he do? He religiously devotes part of his day to supplying his uh, physical system, his body with the raw material of bones. That is, he has a diet of meat. He has a diet of meat. So, uh, and uh, on the farm on which the farmer works, he walks, continues Saro, he says, uh, the farmer, walking all the while he talks behind his oxen which with vegetable made bones 
jerk him and his lumbering plow in spite of every obstacle. So the farmer uh, needs a plow on the farm and to draw the plow he needs a team of oxen. So these oxen, uh, the diet of uh, oxen is nothing but grass and straw and uh, these oxen eat grass and straw and uh, they have very strong bones and these oxen are so strong in fact that uh, they draw the farmer and his plow along in spite of every obstacle so no matter whether the plow is tilling uh, soil or whether it's tilling up large rocks on the farm uh, the oxen draw the plow in spite of every obstacle. So, uh, Thoreau continues that he says that some things are really necessaries of life in some circles. The most helpless and diseased, which in others are luxuries merely, and in and in others still are entirely unknown. So this is the last sentence of the paragraph and here we may think of it as summing up the idea stated in the paragraph. It's the moral. The moral of that paragraph is that, uh, you know, Thoreau observes that some things are really necessaries of life in some circles. In some circles means in some societies in the world, some things are really necessaries of life. So in Thoreau society, meat, fire to warm oneself with, comforts of all kinds, you know, warm clothes, a good uh, comfortable house and so on and so forth. Uh, which are found in the West, these things are regarded as necessaries of life in some circles. And Thoreau calls these sort of societies the most helpless and diseased. They are helpless because if, you, if uh, their comforts and luxuries were taken off, taken away from them, like if the warm clothing or the warm shelter or the rich diet and so on and so forth. If these were taken away from them, the uh, the uh, the people of that those areas would be helpless. But Thoreau says that such people, uh, he calls them diseased. Disease. The word disease uh, actually means that you are not at your ease. You are not uh, comfortable. That's what disease means. So, uh, uh, by pursuing the goal of getting more and more comforts, more and more ease, more and more luxuries, the people of Thoreau's time have become diseased, according to Thoreau. Because, as Thoreau observes elsewhere in Walden, he says that uh, he read an account of uh, expedition to Lapland. Uh, Lapland is among the Scandinavian countries, which are of course uh, 
countries like Denmark, Finland, Iceland, Norway. So Lapland is uh, one of the Scandinavian countries. He led of an expedition to that part of the world and uh, he says that uh, these uh, Laplanders, they could, uh, you know, sleep comfortably on the snow. They could sleep uh, comfortably on the snow without any external garment protecting them, right? So, so in some societies in the world, in some parts of the world, some things are really necessaries of life and uh, which are in others are luxuries merely, says Thoreau. In others, things like, uh, you know, m red meat and uh, a warm fire and warm comfortable clothing, a comfortable house, the, these things are luxuries in other societies of the world and ye in yet others, they are still entirely unknown. So many societies in the world do not know anything of these sort of things. So uh, uh, so here Thoreau is saying that, you know, uh, meat and such things are really uh, unnecessary for the maintenance of life. And Thoreau continues. Uh, in the next paragraph, he says, the whole ground of human life seems to have, seems to some to have been gone over by their predecessors, both the heights and the valleys, and all things to have been cared for. So the whole ground of human life, that is, all the experiences which any man, which mankind can have, the whole ground of human life, seems to some to have been gone over by their predecessors. So all the joys, all the sorrows, all the happinesses, all the uh, experiences which anybody can have, have already been experienced by our forefathers. So some people, you know, feel that, uh, you know, any new thing that can be attempted, any new experience, any new idea that can be uh, thought of to, you know, as contributing to life, these things have already been thought of by our forefathers. So that is uh, uh, stated in the proverb, there's nothing new under the sun. So, if the, you know, all the experiences there's nothing new under the sun. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, Toro says here, all things to have been cared for. So no matter whether it's a joy or whether it's a sorrow or whether it's a disease or whether it's an uh, item of health, all things have been cared for by our forefathers. According to Evelyn, Evelyn is one of the authors whom Thoreau read. According to Evelyn, the wise Solomon prescribed ordinances for the very distances of trees. So King Solomon is one of the characters in the Bible, and King Solomon was 
one of the wisest uh, people on earth who ever lived okay and uh, in uh, his kingdom in his kingdom he had prescribed rules ordinances means rules he had prescribed rules for the very distances of trees means that you know in the parks of his kingdom in the avenues of his kingdom in the boulevards of his kingdom the distance between two trees should be so and so that is what one of the rules that were written down in the kingdom of solomon so you see uh, and the roman praetors continues to rule and the roman praetors have decided how often you may go into your neighbor's land to gather the acorns which fall on it without trespass and what share belongs to that neighbor so uh, now this is uh, Thoreau just uh, quoted uh, one of the rules of King Solomon and uh, next he goes to the Roman Empire the Roman praetors the praetors are the you know the uh, administrators of Rome the Roman praetors have decided how often you may go into your neighbor's land to gather the acorns which fall on it without trespass so uh, on the farms in rome some of the trees uh, overhang the neighbor's land and uh, you know the fruit of those trees uh, fall on the neighbor's land so the roman administrators the roman praetors have decided how often a farmer can go into his neighbor's land to gather the fruit the fruit of an oak tree is an acorn so how often the farmer may go into his neighbor's land to gather the fruit which fall on it without uh, trespass trespass is of course when you go into someone's property without permission so how often you may go into it without trespass and what share belongs to that neighbor so you see uh, what share of the fruit which have which have fallen on the neighbor's land belongs to that neighbor uh, that is uh, hippocrates continues thoreau hippocrates has even left directions how we should cut our nails that is even with the ends of the fingers neither shorter nor longer Hippocrates was of course the great uh, Greek uh, physician uh, all doctors even today once they graduate from the medical course once they are eligible to get the medical degrees take the Hippocratic oath Hippocrates as i said was one of the great uh, ancient Greek physicians Hippocrates has even left directions how we should cut our nails and so how should the nails be cut according to hippocrates we should cut our nails with the ends of the fingers that is with the tips of the fingers the nails should not be shorter than the tips of the fingers nor should it be nor should they be longer so uh, thoreau continues undoubtedly the very tedium and ennui which presumed to have exist exhausted the variety and the joys of life 
are as old as Adam. Adam, of course, was the first man. Adam, of course, was the first man created by God in the Bible. So, uh, the uh, since then, uh, men have been experiencing joys and sorrows. Okay. Uh, and uh, all so with so much experience you might think that uh, uh, the people of the present generation would feel tedium and ennui because uh, they would feel bored because they may think that uh, you know practically everything to be experienced has already been experienced so, with so many minute, detailed, you know, laws and uh, rules and regulations prescribed during ancient times itself, right, during the ancient times itself, during the time of Greece, Rome and the Bible, okay, uh, people may think that they have nothing new to experience. But Toro now comes to the moral of this paragraph. He says, But man's capacities have never been measured, nor are we to judge of what he can do by any president, so little have been, has been tried. So, uh, Toro says, as a matter of uh, reality, he says, Man's capacities have never been measured. So, uh, what is the capacity, what is a man, a modern man capable of doing? What he is capable of doing, uh, it has not been measured. Nor are we to judge what he can do by any president. So, president, presidents are former experiences, former, you know, former records. We should not judge what we can do by what anybody has done in the past so little has been tried uh, so uh, according to Thoreau all the experiences all the advances in life all the advances in thought all the intellectual uh, you know uh, uh, all the intellectual outpourings of mankind have, are very minute compared to what can be, what still can be done. So, uh, you see, uh, what he is saying here, of course, is that, you know, uh, we should have a sense of freedom. So, we should try to experiment or we should try to find out what is the best for us in our life without really listening uh, of course we should pay attention to what uh, others say especially our elders but uh, you know probably they cannot tell us anything to the purpose and even though all the experiences of mankind seem to be an exhausted right uh, we still have can do a lot more we can make inroads and avenues into areas which are still untried and there are many areas which can 
present generation. That's what Thoreau is saying here. Right? And finally, Thoreau says, Whatever have been thy failures hitherto, be not afflicted, my child, for who shall assign to thee what thou hast left undone? So people in their lives, they try one thing and then they try another thing and so on and so forth. And maybe they have succeeded to a certain extent, maybe they have not succeeded. So Thoreau here advises the people of the present generation, the he says, whatever have been thy failures hitherto. So no matter how hard you have tried and no matter how many times you have not succeeded, whatever have been thy failures hitherto, before this time, be not afflicted, my child. So he's quoting here. It's a quote. And uh, this quote, he says, the, to a person who has really put all this effort and... Uh, who has tried his best uh, to do as much as he can, he advises uh, people like that. He says, be not afflicted. Don't be affected or afflicted by your not succeeding in life. For who shall assign to thee what thou hast left undone? Who shall tell you, who shall tell a person what has been left undone by him? So the future, you know, it uh, should be not, uh, you know, planned uh, to such an extent that you're sure of what will happen. Because the future, according to Thoreau elsewhere, is, uh, elsewhere in uh, Walden, Thoreau says that our futures should be, uh, you know, vague and hazy uh, in the outline. Uh, outline of the future should be vague and hazy. So, uh, you know, uh, who shall assign to a person what he can still do in his future? So, Thoreau is uh, filling us with a certain amount of optimism that no matter how hard we have tried and not succeeded, and no matter how, uh, whatever, anybody whatever anybody tells us that we can or cannot do, all that is to no purpose because the future still lies open, still lies unexplored before us. So uh, we'll stop there at this episode. Thank you.